I'd like to uh, speak with you about two things today. One is to speak about the theme of our liturgy today, the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, but also want to be able to address as well uh, a practical issue, that of racism, which has been an issue in our society in the last couple of weeks. So what I want to do is I want to examine God's identity as being created as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What that means for us as being created in God's image and likeness. Then we're going to turn and look at what racism is. And then we're going to go back to the identity of the Trinity that we ourselves have as Christians so that we could live out those different ways of being a light to the world. After all, we are apostles that are meant to be sent into the world. And whenever we see darkness, we've got to be light for that wherever we go. You know, a lot of people may uh, even think, well, racism, this is obviously evil. And it is. And yet it's important for us to be able to spend some time with it while reflecting upon our own identity so that we can know how we can bring healing in the current environment. Well, let's start with the Trinity. You know, uh, recently, we've been making plans for the interior of the new church, which has been a lot of fun. So we've been looking at all of the different saints that are going to be in the windows and the statues, and also the what is called a triumphal arch. That is a mural that's going to go over the tabernacle area that depicts the heavenly banquet. You know, here we're celebrating a earthly foretaste of the heavenly banquet. So this mural that goes above is a representation of the heavenly version. And within all of that, surrounded by saints and angels, is also Jesus at the center, a representation of the Father as a hand giving providence, and then also the dove of the Holy Spirit, and little tongues of fire coming upon representations of the apostles. All of this to speak at the very center, surrounded by all the flourishing of all of the saints that tell us how to live, how to live like that, how to live a Trinitarian identity. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We, as Catholics, we come into Mass every Sunday, and we begin with what prayer? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We are signing ourselves not only with the identity of God, but we're saying, this is my ID card as well. This is who I am as Christian in the image of God. God says in Genesis, let us create man in our image. And so that means that there is a relevance in the Trinity. It is not just an abstract idea, but rather it has very meaningful uh, significance for our own identity as Christians. One of my favorite verses or paragraphs in the Catechism of the Catholic Church is 221. And in that, speaking of the Trinity, it says, God is an eternal exchange of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And He has destined us to share in that exchange. Now, think about that for a moment. 
how powerful that thought is. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is an eternal exchange of love. And that's also meant to be our existence as well. So we're going to look at a few, three, <laughs> Trinity Sunday, you got to let me have threes. We're going to have three little points here about how the Trinity loves in an eternal exchange of love. But first, let me go back to racism. Uh, you know, it's going to be, I, I don't, can't be comprehensive about racism. Um, definitely not going to be political about it. But I want to draw for my comments from a pastoral letter issued by the American bishops in 2018. The bishops of the United States got together and they said, what are some of the pastoral concerns that we have for our flock, for our people that are relevant to us here in the United States? And just two years ago, they issued a letter on racism in our country, and it's called Open Wide Our Hearts. Now, I want to share with you what they say in a section called, What is Racism? Racism, they say, arises when either consciously or unconsciously, a person holds that his or her own race or ethnicity is superior and therefore judges persons of other races or ethnicities as inferior or unworthy of equal regard. When this conviction or attitude leads individuals or groups to exclude, ridicule, mistreat, or unjustly discriminate against persons on the basis of their race or ethnicity, it is sinful. Racist acts are sinful because they violate justice. They reveal a failure to acknowledge the human dignity of the persons offended, to recognize them as neighbors, as Christ calls us to love one another. They will go on to speak about the different ways that we see racism, how sometimes just culturally we carry it in our own hearts, sometimes unaware. Someone said recently that racism is like dust that's in the air, that it's there, but sometimes we don't see it until light is cast upon it. That we're breathing sometimes that air, and we need to kind of be awakened to the reality of how it is prevalent, how it may not directly, we think, affect us, but at how it does affect culture and how it does affect individuals in our society whom we're called to see respect, and love as our brothers and sisters. Not only does racism spread in this way, but it also spreads in deliberate acts of injustice. And we have heard about that recently in the last few weeks. Not only are there deliberate acts, but there are also acts of omission that are racist. So sometimes by not speaking then, we are contributing to the furthering of racism. It's important for us, whether that is government, whether that is in a, a civil protest that is peaceful, or whether it's us here in the church, we have to be able to address evil when we see it and bring it into the light and the healing power of Jesus Christ, who overcomes sin by his way of love. Also, racism can be institutional. It can be historically systemic in our past, 
So it's important for us to see all of these different ways to be attentive to it. So let's go now into what we can do. Apostles for the church and the world, living out faithfully our call to holiness, that is to share in the eternal exchange of love as our identity. Well, how does God love? That's how we've got to love, and that's how we can change society and change the world. I want to propose to you three ways. These are, when God loves, he loves as gift. When God loves, it is a unifying love. And when God's love, it is in freedom. So let's go into all of those. First of all, when God loves, it is the gift of self. If you just listen to the gospel today, notice the verb that is used to describe what God's love is. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And all of God's existence is giving. This is the nature of love. And our society, our world, sometimes we will look at some of the more shallow levels of love, such as pleasure or romance, or what I may receive or how I might benefit in the experience of love. Love is something that I want to have or I want to be in. I want to know I'm loved. It might be a self-focused view of love. And while that's part of love, it's not the entirety of love. God teaches us that there is no greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. These are the words of Jesus to us, his apostles. So God is always loving. Jesus is poured forth from the Father. God is giving him to us. Jesus is always giving us the word of who the Father is. This is who God is, unconditional, merciful love for us. And the love between them is the Holy Spirit put upon the church into our hearts to change us with whom all things are possible to enable us and bring us together. God is always gift. This is my body given up for you. So when we think about love and we think about our role in society, it means that we have to recognize what is my gift? How do I understand my mission as how I give to it? And that may mean sacrifice because I'm pursuing the good of the other who is even different than me. And I am doing it even if that means putting aside what might be my own comfort or preference. So I choose to love in the way I have been created. This is a consoling thought. God is our creator. He has created you for mission. And he has created you to respond to this time. You have something to say by how you are to give. And that is how you are to love. Okay, secondly, God's love is a unifying love. Here's a little theology test for you. See how good you are. God is one nature, three... Good, you pass. Good. After all, we say it every Sunday, right? In the creed, one nature, three persons. Notice that in God, his very identity as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is that there is oneness yet distinction. 
that there is multiplicity, diversity, and yet oneness. And we would use the Catholic word communion in God. God creates us in a way as well that we exist for communion. That is that we will not ever realize who we are called to be, our meaning and purpose outside of seeking communion with one another. God's love is always a unifying love, seeking to bring us together. What this means with regard to racism is that we also have to see how the other who is different from us is always a gift to us as well. We recognize that we have differences in personality and ethnicity and different strengths and weaknesses, and yet we are all called to be an opportunity of love for one another. And so God's love is also calling us in our differences to love because of those differences, through those differences, and to make God presence present through the love with which we respond. God's love is unifying, and so also our love should be unifying as well. Here's the last point, and that is that God's love is free and given in freedom, and it is not forced. God could have uh, created us in such a way to make us automatically, always and everywhere, moral and just, right? You are, you know, boom. You will always be good. But there's no freedom in that. God is saying love is so great that it goes into the deep parts of who you are and it wants your choice. You've got to choose the goodness, not be robotically programmed to be good. And so love is free and God will always respect our free will. Love cannot be forced. And so also, as we desire to seek resolutions and healing, we recognize also that we have to do so where we listen. Perhaps one of the best things that we can do is listen. Because sometimes we want to jump in really fast and start fixing things, right? Sometimes that's a little too forceful right away. One of the best things that we can do right now is to listen to the experience of one another. To listen and to have conversation, to accompany, to hear where there was hurt, and to be able to understand. And then let love well up inside of us as we walk forward in unity. Also notice that love, when it's not forced, is peaceful. It's not violent. Violence, while it's caused by anger, and anger is a proper reaction to injustice, violence is not. Violence further scatters. It creates more fear. So we also have to be a voice as Christians that seeks peace and dialogue and resolution through peaceful means as opposed to the promotion of violence. We have to take care not to overly blame or to stereotype or perhaps to have a harsh rhetoric, 
It's important that in these days we respect and appreciate law enforcement, all the while journeying with them towards roads of improving ways that we work with others and all in society in just ways. So it's important for us to do so non-forcibly, to be able to do so with love, compassion, listening, and understanding. Well, this is our identity in the eternal exchange of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's written in our DNA. It's who we are called to be. You have been created by this God, and His identity is imprinted upon your soul, and He has prepared you for this mission in this time to combat racism, to live unity and freedom and gift in society, in the church, in your families, wherever you go, God sends you that we might glorify the one God, three in persons, undivided in a single majesty given to us as the eternal exchange of love. Love one another as I have loved you. And this will open wide our hearts to our brothers and sisters and bring peace and unity in the love of God. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gigam.